Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fight With Our Feelings. I don't know what episode this is because I'm recording a few episodes at once. Um, So whatever episode this is, thanks for joining. And this one I wanted to be about about self-awareness but about how to actually implement it into our daily lives. And I want to go through a few different ways that will hopefully kind of be adaptable for different people. I want to talk about some ways that we can create a routine or regular practice for ourselves uh, and then also ways that we can be spontaneous and incorporate it into our lives um, in a less kind of structured or routine way. And so I'm not actually sure how the how the audio for this is going to turn out. Um, I decided to record these episodes off somewhere random. I was visiting my partner um, a few hours away and I just kind of found the area along the drive very quaint and calming and and sweet and so I've I stopped in a few fields and I didn't have any service there so then I I've stopped in this cemetery and it feels odd and and part of me kind of worries that it might be disrespectful but I think it's kind of beautiful and exciting to talk about life amidst death so maybe that's me being weird but anyways um (laughs) to start to start today off with a quote because I'm kind of on the road and working just from my phone I'm uh, probably going to be pulling more specific quotes from Untamed by Glennon Doyle uh, because I had screenshotted a bunch from that and the one I have for today is being fully human is not about feeling happy it's about feeling everything and that's kind of at the heart of mindfulness which is what I really want to focus on today and I didn't want to use that term right at the get-go kind of right from the start in this episode because I I don't really know what the current perception is um, or consensus is around mindfulness and meditation but I can say that from the clients that I work with uh, and kind of this repeated message message that I keep getting back from people it seems like the consensus is still that mindfulness is hard mindfulness is something that only a, a select few people can do or effectively do and then I think there there might be other people and this I noticed a lot more I don't know years ago uh, but I used to have the same perception is you know that mindfulness is kind of (laughs) bullshit or that mindfulness is like just a hippie thing that people do um, and it doesn't actually uh, doesn't help as much as people say it does or you know it's kind of overhyped I used to very much have that mentality Um, and in fact I kind of resisted I resisted utilizing mindfulness in my personal life but also in my work for quite a while because I had that perception you know I'm like ah that's kind of hippy dippy stuff and you know hey there are a lot of other ways to to work on ourselves and to heal and grow and all that stuff but when when I sit back and think about it, like mindfulness in and of itself, 
I don't know. I guess we're into it. I'm, I meant to do kind of an intro and then get into it, but whatever. We're in it. Mindfulness is the combined practice of awareness of both our internal and external experiences and non-judgment. It's those two pieces. And the thing is that we, we actually do this all the time. All the time without us even noticing, we pay attention, we notice things without judging them. And the things that are easiest for us to not judge and to just kind of give this simple noticing to are kind of random neutral external events. So if we walk outside and, I don't know, we notice some clouds in the sky, we might either say out loud or just think, oh, there's clouds out in the sky and that's it. And, you know, we carry on with our day. That is awareness and non-judgment. And where it becomes more difficult, where that practice isn't as common or it becomes a lot more difficult for us to exercise that non-judgment is usually when we notice external things that are, I don't know, unpleasant that we don't like. So maybe I'm not one of these people, but you know, if, if we look outside and it's raining, people might think, oh, it's raining. And so then there's that extension of, okay, we've noticed it, but then there's the judgment laid onto it that, ugh, ugh, it's raining. <laughs> I love rain personally, but that is an external event where we'll notice it, but we're not quite being mindful because the notice comes with that judgment, that kind of negative, bad, you know, stamp that we placed on it. And I think this becomes especially apparent, this, you know, challenge with being non-judgmental when it comes to internal experiences. So internal being our thoughts, our feelings, our sensations, um, even our our behaviors or our urges or whatever, usually that is where we might have a little less awareness. So we're noticing it less and less. And usually we're going to apply some judgment to it. So currently sitting here, I'm sitting on this lovely, beautiful kind of ornate stone bench um, that's in this little alcove in the cemetery and it's surrounded by forests and trees and all that's beautiful but my toe is so itchy <laughs> I think I have a bug bite and it is maddeningly itchy and my attention keeps going there and I'm like oh I wish that my toe wasn't itching so that's something that I'm noticing but I'm applying judgment to it's a sensation that I do not like right now and I'm also kind of hearing myself it, it almost I don't know if it's coming through on the mic, but it, it almost sounds like I have a lisp right now. And so then I'm having thoughts of, oh my God, you sound like you have a lisp. And so I don't like those thoughts <laughs> because I feel then a bit embarrassed by it. And so, so all that is to say, I can't tell if I'm going on tangents because I'm just looking at the forest and I keep getting distracted. Um, but so there is this constant practice where we are noticing and then that that application of judgment is usually what makes it difficult for us to just be. And so when, we, when, when bringing forward mindfulness and meditation, and I say, those, I say those together, I usually lump them together as kind of this lump package because they apply the same 
elements like meditation is really just an extension of mindfulness it's typically a more um i don't know intentional and concentrated devotion of time to mindfulness whereas mindfulness is is kind of something that's fluid ish so you can kind of bounce in and out of being mindful um and so yeah, I don't know. There, there, there isn't really much distinction between the two, but I think sometimes that same perception of what it's like and, you know, if it's hippy-dippy or not and if it's foo-foo bullshit or whatever um, or, or that it's too hard or difficult to do, I think that that extends even further when people hear the word meditation because they're like, oh, man, meditating. You know, like, I don't want to sit cross-legged and breathe or maybe they'll think that that is the only way to meditate and that you have to achieve this like quiet zen-like state and that's not possible for everyone that's not how I meditate but the benefits of it is that it keeps us present and meditation mindfulness and meditation again as this kind of lump sum package is it is the key It, it is the absolute key to to just better quality of life you know and and I could not off the top of my head really but you know I I I could present all the facts and all the literature around how effective mindfulness is for anxiety for depression for PTSD for grief for uh, for chronic pain for um you know stress for panic attacks for for so many different things mindfulness is just like you know the the kind of godlike tier <laughs> of treatment and it's something accessible to all of us absolutely all of us at any at any time without any material without any guidance without any instruction we are all able to practice mindfulness so oh man i've spent like 10 minutes kind of just <laughs> introducing and like amping up this thing but I really want to make it clear that this is something we already do. We already have the capacity to do. All of us have the ability to do it. And there can be, there are, not can, there are insanely helpful benefits to utilizing this regularly. So I want to get into um, some ways that, that this can be built into your life. Um, And also some ways that this can be spontaneously added into your life. So for, I kind of want to strike this balance for the people that, you know, respond well to routine and structure and for the people that are like, ah, structure sucks and never, you know, stick to anything and it's too hard to follow through with a committed plan or whatever. I want to give options for both. And I'm going to kind of talk about how I've changed my relationship with mindfulness and how I've incorporated it to kind of exemplify those two sides of it, the routine and the spontaneous. So for routine, how do I want to go about this? I don't know. I might end up kind of going on a tangent, but for routine, I had to put put my journal down because I got to focus on what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about my routine quickly for a second. My mindfulness and meditation routine um, and commitment is to meditate every day 
and I use guided meditations. I use them through my Fitbit app. It's pretty much the only reason why I pay for Fitbit Premium. Um, there are tons of other meditations out there, but I just I find it works well. I get to see changes in my heart rate throughout it. And I do it every morning right when I wake up. So as soon as my alarm goes off, as you know, after I snooze it once or twice, and as soon as I actually grab my phone, one of the first things that I try to do Sometimes I, I'm not successful at it, but one of the first things that I try to do um, and that I do is open up my Fitbit app and do a meditation. And I do uh, one that's between five minutes and 10 minutes. And I usually switch it up. There will be some that are kind of about like gratitude. There are some that are focused on breathing. Um, there are some that are focused on just like starting the day um, and kind of yeah, getting it in before like the stress of the day kind of sets in. And why I do the very first thing in the morning is because that is when the momentum of like the busyness and the stress and the fast paced kind of bullshit of life, it's before a lot of that sets in. So even though there are a lot of mornings when as soon as I wake up, I just get this flood of thoughts about everything that I have to do um, or everything that I didn't do or the past or future and so again mindfulness being something that connects you to the present it is in those moments in the morning when I'm still laying in bed where I I kind of have the luxury to stay excuse me to stay slow so that morning time works for me And so why I'm bringing that up uh, about the specific time is because when we look at setting goals for ourselves or setting structures for us, structured, I don't know, routines for ourselves, timing is really important. And so I found that a lot of my clients benefit from doing it first thing in the morning, but it doesn't have to be for you. And so if you're looking to incorporate, um, This may be like more about meditation. So if you're using a guided meditation or if you're just gonna do a kind of structured breathing exercise, um, having having that specific time, it's good to anchor it around some moment in your day where you know that you can either slow the pace or keep a slow pace. And so some other examples of this, if, if you think that morning may not be a good time for you to Kind of start your day with with this very slow intentional present practice um, think about other times where that momentum slows down where it might be a bit easier to resist all the fast-paced urges and bouncing around and this and that so maybe this is when you are driving to work every day and so maybe that is Um, I used to do this when I had to commit to Toronto for a while. Um, (laughs) I would be stuck in traffic for like two hours easily. And I would make a point to do like 10 really, really deep belly breaths. And that was just something where I was like, okay, I'm stuck here. Yeah, my brain wants to go to all these different places and past or future, but you know, I'm I'm here, there isn't much else that I can do, um, so let's do it now. You know, or maybe this is 
right before you go to bed. Maybe this is when you have a, a dedicated break during your day, like in the morning if you're making a cup of coffee or maybe in at lunchtime, you know, when you take a break or whenever it is that you have some some kind of moment in your day when you can either force that slowness or there's just this naturally occurring slowness where you're you're almost constrained in terms of how much you can do. Because what I'll say doesn't work or at the very least is much more challenging to make work is if you try to incorporate this goal or this routine for yourself at a time that is really, really busy. So a reason why I have to do it before I even get out of bed, but like while I'm still laying down in bed is because as soon as I get up, my ADHD kicks in and I'm like, all right, boom, boom, boom. I'm bouncing everywhere. I am, I'm, you know, brushing my teeth while trying to put my hair up in a ponytail while unloading the dishwasher and, you know, then I'll finish brushing my teeth and then I I go outside to grab something like I, I there's so many things happening at once that it would feel that much more challenging and take that much more effort and exertion to say okay hey hang on let's slow down and do a practice here because another thing that isn't that isn't needed but one thing that's probably more common in meditations is stillness is trying to stay you know relatively still and relaxed and comfortable so that you're not just fixating on your own movement but that you can really again tune into those internal experiences like the thoughts and feelings and sensations and what's going on around you so I want to try and kind of summarize as I go so picking a time that works for you whether it's first thing in the morning before you go to bed at a specific you know, break during your day, picking a specific time and then within that kind of choosing, okay, how much time do I want to devote to this? So in the beginning for me, like I've been, I've been implementing mindfulness and meditation into my life for a couple of years now. And like I said, I do about five to 10 minutes. I think I started with like one, I started with one minute of, of I think just like, kind of stillness and just kind of being quiet and noticing what was happening. And so that is, that is kind of the, it's, it's weird. I don't know how to really make a distinction between these two. That's kind of the meditation aspect, but then you can also incorporate mindfulness while doing things. So again, all mindfulness is, is this combined practice of awareness and non-judgment. So you can apply this to a task. One thing that I used to do for myself and um, that I did with clients a lot was, okay, if it didn't feel realistic to, you know, sit down and do a a one minute or five minute meditation, you can practice mindfulness while you brush your teeth. So again, you're going to be noticing the taste of the toothpaste on your tongue. You're going to be noticing the, the grittiness or the texture that you feel along your teeth or your gums. You're going to notice the sounds of that brush you know, brushing against your teeth or maybe the running water, you know, and you're going to be noticing thoughts that come up. So a lot of times for me, when I'd be brushing my teeth, I was thinking about, okay, I'm going to be late to work and (laughs) I'm always late, but you know, the, and 
then maybe thoughts about how I look if I'm looking at myself in the mirror. And so that mindfulness is still, you're still able to do it at any point in time when you're doing anything. And so brushing teeth, there's all those, those senses that you're noticing and you're also practicing non-judgment. So let's say with a thought that I noticed, you know, so as I'm brushing my teeth and I'm looking in the mirror and maybe I, I see like a pimple on my cheek, I might want to say, ugh, or like, you know, think, ugh, gross, pimple. I, I get acne on my face all the time because I touch my face so much. But, oh, I just fully lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I might, I might have that thought, and then there's the, ugh, there's the, the grossness, the judgment, the, I don't know, kind of critique that I put on myself. And if I'm being mindful and I'm noticing that there's that thought, and then there's that that kind of judgment thought that follows, in my practice, I'm going to try to say, oh, that's okay. It's just a pimple. Yeah, you know, I don't have to like it. I'm Wow, okay, the crappy thing about recording on my phone is that someone called me and it like fully, even though my phone is on do not disturb, it interrupted it and ended it. So, I don't know exactly where it cut off, but, uh, so I'm, I see this pimple, you know, I have, I noticed that I have the thought about seeing the pimple, I noticed this kind of judgment of the pimple afterwards, and practicing mindfulness is that first piece of awareness and the second piece of, okay, it's a pimple. It's not good or bad. It's not something I like or dislike. It's just a pimple. That's something that I notice. And now let's come back to brushing my teeth and paying attention to that. So picking, if, if the um, setting aside of time to do a specific meditation, like a guided meditation, like a breathing meditation, um, or sorry, a breathing practice, if that feels unrealistic for you, then think of some habit that you do frequently. And it doesn't have to be every day. There, there is a ton of benefits to doing something every day, but again, you might need to work your way up to that. I think for me, I started every, every couple of days, or maybe I did like, I don't know, three or four days a week. And, and now I still don't always reach seven days a week, um, but that's what I aim for. But so think of some kind of regular habit some regular tasks that you do in your day and see if you can bring mindfulness into that. Whether it's brushing your teeth, whether it's making a cup of coffee, whether it's going for a walk or driving or sitting and eating a meal, you know, or even, even if it's watching TV, you might not want to be mindful for the entire time, but you know, let's say you, you sit down to watch an episode of TV and you're going to say, okay, for these first five minutes, I'm going to practice mindfulness. I'm going to be aware and non-judgmental of what I'm watching and actually fully pay attention to it. So those two things, finding a a time in your day that works best. um, Yeah. Yeah. Finding, sure. Finding Finding a time in your day that works best and or finding some activity or habit that you want to connect it to. So I guess kind of um, creating or designing what you want it to look like in your life, whether you want it to be just a mindfulness addition to some usual task or habit that you do, um, or if you want it to be the implementation of something 
kind of new and different in this addition to your day, like a meditation or like a, a breathing practice. Those are the ways I think that you can most successfully incorporate it into a routine. And one point I want to make to that, and I can't stress this enough, is if you make this promise to yourself and you and and you don't meet it on a certain day or on multiple days, keep holding that promise to yourself. Like I said, I, I my goal and my aim for myself is seven days a week, and I don't often do seven days a week. I think, you know, since I've had that goal, there's maybe been like I don't know, in, in six months, um, maybe I've had like seven, seven or eight times when I did every day in a week and that's okay. And I know that it's important. So if I miss a day, I, I don't think I meditated yesterday. Oh no, I did. But so if I miss a day and I want to beat myself up for it, I want to say, Oh my God, look, you, you didn't do it. Just, you know, drop it, forget about it. Keep going back to it because you're doing it for a reason. The second point I want to make about, oh man, I wanted to keep this episode shorter. All right, I'm kind of just going to rush through it. Um, about being spontaneous, follow your urges of, of things that pull you. So why I'm sitting in a cemetery right now is I drove past it and it just, it pulled me. It, it was, I don't know, there's something like, kind of eerie and beautiful about it and it's this very like calm foggy morning and you know I I have to I have to go to work and I'm kind of running late on my timelines but I was like you know what this is important I'm going to follow through with this impulse and I think yesterday (laughs) I was walking my dog and uh, I didn't do my guided meditation in the morning I, I, I just sat in the forest at one point with her and um, I kind of just did a self-guided meditation where I was just practicing stillness and calmness and did that for about five minutes and then we were leaving to walk back home and we were just crossing this big soccer field and I was like, that's a nice field and I, and I just laid down in the field with her for about 20 minutes, you know, and that was something that I would previously be like, that's weird or you know, people are going to look at me or uh, I got to go home and do whatever else. But if there are if there are moments or places or situations that are capturing you, and that actually give you that sense of being present, follow it. F- follow it as long as you can, because there is so many there are so many parts of our life, and our society and our culture that constantly demand our attention and and get us to focus on past or present and all these million other things that aren't in front of us. That when you have a moment that does pull you and that does really want you to be rooted and stay there, follow it. Whether it's in nature, you know, and, and you just have this desire to sit in a forest, whether it's, you know, you're on a walk and some part of your body just wants to stay still for a moment. I've, I've done that a lot where I'll be on a walk and I'll just kind of randomly stop and I'll sit <laughs> wherever I am, like on the grass. And you know, or, or it might be within your home, you know, or at work or at an appointment or at school, there might be these times that just signal and, and your body's kind of telling you, okay, I'm ready to, to slow down for a moment. 
listen to them and capture them and I'm going through that much much more quickly than I'd like to but I think that's a a really great way to kind of have that spontaneous use of mindfulness so I hope this was helpful I feel a lot more like myself in this episode and I think that's because of like where I am I'm in nature I'm just staring at nature um I'm not staring at a screen with notes in front of me I think that helped me be a bit more authentic today which I'm really happy about and I'm very proud of and thank you guys all for listening um hopefully there wasn't too weird of a of a break between these two clips when someone called me but like always thank you guys for showing up please 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 let me know if this is helpful if content like this is is appreciated um or if you have ideas for other things that you might want to happen on on future episodes Um, because as much as I am trying to just share my experience and what I've learned personally as a human and professionally as a therapist um, I also want to put out things that you know maybe I I don't even notice are important or things that I don't even think of that would be helpful to all of you so I'll catch you guys on another episode bye